Welcome to the Word from the Ancient Path, stories and sermons for the journey. It's a channel of blessing and encouragement for beloved friends all over the world to hear and experience how God speaks and works through ordinary people with an extraordinary calling. We bring you stories of good news, connecting in Christ and building the kingdom, and the Word of God declared through the pastors and missionaries of Ancient Path Ministries, La Iglesia Volviendo a la Senda Antigua. Beloved listeners and friends, I am your guide, Pastor Kevin Job, and I am very happy to be with you. Our ministry was founded in 2011 by Pastors Jose Santiago and Yami Cruz in Jovianos, Cuba. And my wife, Tani, and I serve as directors and chief connection makers for the U.S. branch of the ministry. Together, we have a great team of pastors, missionaries, advisors, and kingdom servants who are dedicated to planting churches and spreading the reach of the gospel. We pray that you are blessed and inspired by these sermons, reflections, and our testimony of what God has done and is doing in and through us. Well, today we're going to talk a little bit about new birth, being born again, important doctrine that hangs almost completely on an encounter that we find in the Gospel of John in the third chapter. But before we get to the third chapter, we're going to take a quick look back at chapters one and two for a little context. The opening of John's gospel is this elongated thesis statement. In a nutshell, it says that Jesus is the eternal word or essence. The Greek word is logos of God who has come to pitch his tent among humanity for a bit. He brings light into a dark world and his presence allows humanity to become children of God. In John chapter 1, verse 29, Jesus is called the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So people begin following Jesus and they say publicly that he's the long-awaited Messiah, that is, God's chosen one who will save God's people and complete the covenant promises which we find in the Old Testament. And then Jesus goes to a wedding with his mom on a Tuesday and he gets enlisted to do a miracle. And he goes to Jerusalem for the Passover and he finds the temple overrun with conniving salespeople and short-changing money changers. He flips tables, he chases people with a whip, and he cleans the house. What a way to announce the start of something new, huh? The Lamb of God has arrived at Passover, no less, and you best not mess with him. During the Passover festival, Jesus performs other miraculous signs, and more people come along to follow him, to be his disciples. There were more than 12 of them, okay? As chapter 3 begins, we meet a man who wants to hear more from Jesus. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council, and he came to Jesus at night and he said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you're doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Okay, so we get that Nicodemus is of the ruling council, and, and we get this strange notion that he comes at night. Uh, most likely, this would be because there's some risk for him in coming to speak to Jesus. Even at this early stage of ministry, there was already some major disagreement about Jesus. And this is typical when it comes to him. I mean, lambs who flip over tables and whip people can be hard to understand. And Nicodemus then says, we know which would indicate to us that he's not alone among his peers. Other members of the council believed in Jesus. Nick was beginning to get a glimpse of the kingdom. 
And something new was being born in him, but he was still confused. And so he asked Jesus, verse 4, How can a man be born when he is old? Uh, surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. And Jesus answered him, said, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. The Spirit does as it pleases. You hear it sound, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it is going. And so it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Nicodemus asked Jesus a question that many people still ask today. How can a person be born again? Now, Jesus explains it to him in familiar terms. Original biological birth comes from water, which I think we understand. And water baptism in that day was for repentance from sin. It's a symbol of what a person intends to do. But Israel was waiting for the one to baptize with the Holy Spirit for transformation. Nicodemus had seen the miracles and signs that Jesus had done up to this point in time, so he was very interested in what was happening. So Jesus says to him, look, You've got to be regenerated from scratch. You see, born from above, transformed by the Holy Spirit into one who can experience the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God, Jesus says, can't be accessed by legalism, by conformity to behaviors and traditions. Nah, none of that. It's an interchange. It only happens by the action of God's grace working together with human obedience. And the Holy Spirit, he says, is like wind. You can't predict it, control it or know its source, but it's clearly there, and it's going to display itself in people who are experiencing new birth. Verse 9, well, how can this be, Nicodemus asked. You see, nothing in Nick's faith experience looked anything like that. In his life, he learned that keeping in line with the law and the priestly sacrifices that had been made on his behalf uh, when he couldn't obey the law perfectly, that those were his only hopes. But Jesus says to him now that his law-keeping, his standing among the Jews, and even his place in the long line of faith wasn't adequate. He needed repentance and new life in the Holy Spirit. Jesus goes on and he says, you're Israel's teacher and you don't understand these things. I tell you the truth, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I've spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How are you then going to believe if I speak to you of heavenly things? Jesus is quite blunt when he says as an educated teacher, a holy law expert, a man of God, really ought to know what God had promised. I've told you in specific, natural, physical terms and you still don't get it. Don't you understand? We're going to take a moment right now for a short break. Stay with us for more on The Ancient Path. At Ancient Path Ministries, our greatest hope is to carry the light of the kingdom of God into places where it is most needed. We want to see people set free from what holds them captive and offer salvation in Christ to people lost in darkness. We want to live as examples, the oaks of righteousness planted to display God's splendor. Now, our ministry is built on connections in Christ and our financial foundation depends on the regular partnership of beloved friends such as you. If you'd be interested in becoming a covenant financial partner or just contribute to the work of the ministry, invite you to visit our website, ancientpathministries.org. Check out the church in action and see how you can be a part of bringing good news, connecting in Christ, and building the kingdom. And we are back. Now, just in case you find yourself feeling a little bit like Nicodemus and not understanding the promise that he should have known, 
Let's review just a bit. Genesis, the first book of the Bible, it opens with God's original promise of blessing to the world. And then when humanity falls in sin, God sets a plan in motion to rescue and redeem us. And he makes a covenant with one man, Abraham, who is the father of the Jewish and thus Christian faith. And through Abraham, he says he will bless the entire world by Abraham's offspring. And he gives Moses and the Israelites in the desert the law to teach us how to live. And he promises King David that the promised Messiah, the chosen one, will come from David's family line. And then through the prophets, God unveils what will happen to people when the Holy Spirit comes to stay. Here's an example from the prophet Ezekiel, the 36th chapter, verse 26. He says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. You will live in the land I gave your forefathers and you will be my people and I will be your God. From the prophet Isaiah in, in chapters 58 and 61, we hear these things about the kingdom of God, good news to the poor, binding up the brokenhearted, freedom and release from bondage in the year of the Lord's favor. And a people who will renew and rebuild and restore, they will repair and raise up. And they'll be called a people the Lord has blessed. In the prophet Jeremiah in chapter 31, it says, This is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after that time. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. You see, Nick was supposed to be an expert in all of this. And he really did want to see the kingdom. But somehow he wasn't quite there. He missed that new birth being filled with the Spirit thing. So the story now goes on in John, the third chapter. Jesus says, no one's ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. Huh? Snake in the desert? Really, we should know this. It, it comes from an awful moment in Israel's desert wandering on the way to the promised land. In, in the book of Numbers, chapter 21, verse 4, we find this. It says, the people grew impatient on the way. And they spoke against God and against Moses. And they said, why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There's no bread. There's no water. We detest this miserable food. The God whose name is too holy to speak... Well, he's unimpressed by their griping. And so he unleashes a plague of snakes and there is no cure for the poison. Now, when the people felt the consequence of their sin, they went to Moses and said so and he prayed for them. And then the Lord came back with the strangest cure. He tells Moses, make a bronze snake on a stick and set it up where everyone can see it and tell them to look up at it. And they do. And it becomes a miraculous cure. Now, this just is completely bizarre. Until, of course, a long time later, Jesus is lifted up on the cross for all to see. And his sacrifice becomes our miracle drug, the cure for our plagues. Oh, the Bible is full of such great foreshadowing. 
All right, now, Nick, says Jesus, just in case you still aren't getting the message about me and about how I'm connected to all of what you should know, in case you can't see how I connect and hold the entire story together, here you go. And Jesus unleashes probably the best-known passage in all of the scripture, John 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. For whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only son. He says, Nicodemus, look. He says, Kevin, look. He says, you listener, listen. I'm the only antidote. You can't help yourself. You can only believe in the miracle drug. This eternal life that God promises us, it's, it's not only quantity, it's quality. It's in the now. It's quality of life now and it's quantity indicator as well, forever. And to perish, well, that's the opposite of salvation. Those who don't believe that is trust in Jesus are going to experience a total failure to touch the kingdom of God in the present. And their long-term destiny will be to spend eternity apart from the promises and the presence of God. And every time we, we encounter this story in the scripture, it's just like this. Jesus comes to you today, he comes to me today. He invites you and he invites me to be born again. To live from today forward with a heart that is made new with God's law written on it so that we might follow in God's ways by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, the things you try to do to impress God by your decency or your behavior, well, they're misguided. Because you're still living out of fear that if you don't do the right things, he won't love you. You can't trust your behavior, your wealth, your status, your job, your desires for sure, or your false identity, whatever the world is insisted that you wear. Nah. But this is the new life. Depend on God as a babe depends on his parents and love God without whom life itself would not be possible. Come before the Lord as a child, not innocent, but one who seeks God without any regard as to his or her own merit. Come shouting, come clapping, come singing, come crying. And then believe in, that is trust in Jesus. He came and he gave his life so that you and I might experience the kingdom of God. Now on the earth, and forever with the Lord in the new heaven and the new earth. And then he tells us, be born again. Be born by the Holy Spirit for transformation. That way you will be enabled to live into the promise of the children of God. Live as though your life depended on God and your relationship to him. Because you know what, friends? It does. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. May you, by the power of the Holy Spirit, 
experience the transformational power of new birth in the name of Jesus. Amen. And so, beloved friends, this brings us to the close of today's episode. So thanks for joining us. Once again, be sure to check out our website, ancientpathministries.org. Like and follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram at Ancient Path Ministries. This is Pastor Kevin Job for Ancient Path Ministries, La Iglesia Volviendo a la Senda Antigua. We look forward to seeing you next time. Que Dios te bendiga mucho. Go be the church.